Welcome to the poem, the Parsha, the podcast. I'm Rivi. And I'm Adrian. And we love talking about the Parsha Tashavua, the Torah portion of the week. We do. And the carefully curated poem that goes along with it. It is what we find exceedingly wonderful. And what is more thrilling than starting from the beginning? I know we didn't get to do this last year. No, we didn't. Remember, not. we started with Lech Lecha. I think we were talking things around Noah. It didn't work out, but we started Lech Lecha. Yes, yes. Um, so, yes, this is our inaugural Breshit experience. And I, I think the poem that we've selected for this is particularly dense and rich and yet short and concise and and beautiful. I am so looking forward to hearing you read it, Adrian. Excellent. And that said, I want to, you know, just give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back that here we are the day after the holiday. I know. Using our brain yes. for something other than cooking. However, we are going to discuss food. Of course. Come on. I mean, it's brave sheets. If we're not discussing food, I don't think we're doing the Parsha. It's proper... Justice. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So, um, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about the Parsha? Well, I absolutely I mean, want like, to remind everyone. Know, I right. know. We... But the Rivi, the Rivi, like, experience of the Parsha <laughs> is critical, <laughs> is a critical component. And even though we all may know this Parsha, I think we need, I, I think we need the full... Rivy extrapolation before we dive into the poem. Okay, and I will do that, especially since we have but two days to get ready for this week's Honestly, Torah portion, which is... It feels a little unfair, but here we are. It's We're very unfair. It. This is... I just taught a class and I said, this is the best Parsha, because yes. it is so rich. Of course, we've got the creation of the world, mm-hmm. and day one, two, three, four, and five, six, and then Shabbat, mm-hmm. and then right away we're catapulted into the terrible deed of uh, misstep of Adam and Eve, eating of the tree, mm-hmm. which really looms so large in Western civilization. Yes. And uh, this eating of the tree, the fruit, all of it is just a huge monumental uh, story for um, for a lot of us. For a lot of us and of many, yes. And and then of course the fratricide of Cain and Abel. And, and frankly, you and I could say very easily, let's spend the entire year on this Parsha. Oh my gosh, yes. And we would find poems for each verse. Absolutely. That said, let's do this week's. Okay, this week's poem is called This Is Just To Say by William Carlos Williams. Um, Williams was a physician. Before anything else, he was also a novelist and a playwright and an essayist. He was really, um, he had a a period of his writing life, which was quite long, um, where he was really invested in sort of like capital A America. What does it mean to write about America? What does it mean to write as an American? Um, So there's that whole arc, and I think that's clear in the imagery he uses also. I didn't even realize that. That, I, I, when I hear that, I think of the Red Wheelbarrow poem. Oh, I right? was about to like pull that, that out. incredibly American poetic experience of, of what matters, like the Red Wheelbarrow, yes, the Red Wheelbarrow, like what matters like that? So much depends upon a Red Wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater beside the white chickens like that american pastoral moment this poem is a little different this poem that we're going to talk about today um 
so it's before I, I read it, I would like to say that that Williams was one of the sort of founders of the imagist moment of writing through the image and using the image and not explaining it. There's not a whole lot of like, here's the image and here's what it means and I have the authority to say that. That does not exist. The, the, in this particular poem, we are given the image and the, the, the description is so light and so ephemeral almost. It's fleeting. And I think that as we talk about experience being ephemeral, in, in this particular Parsha, this poem really speaks to that. So this is called This Is Just To Say by William Carlos Williams. I have eaten the plums that were in the icebox and which you were probably saving for breakfast. Forgive me, they were delicious, so sweet and so cold. I am so blown away by this poem. I'm truly in love with this poem. It's, it's an amazing, it's a beautiful poem, and I don't like the word beautiful when it comes to poetry because it feels a little too sort of capital S sentimental. And I think, but I think we can say that poetry is beautiful, just like all art has the capacity to be beautiful, but this particular poem is really this incredible snapshot, this clear, experiential thing that exists and I think it is beautiful. I think we have this image of this person. I picture them standing in front of the icebox, like not a refrigerator like you and I have in our kitchens. No, the old white sort of rectangular boxes with the latch that you pulled. And it's just uh, it's standing there holding the plum, tasting the plum. Um, to me, the, the plum is that sort of deep, rich purple that we get this time of year. Consuming the plum and there's just this sort of still moment of enjoying this plum and there's nothing else. It is so human. This is such yes. a human poem and it's so we all can connect to that opening the icebox, the refrigerator, yes. seeing the item. Should we eat it? Shouldn't we eat it? And I recall when studying this poem in the past that William Carlos Williams was a doctor. I think yes. you mentioned that. Yes. And that the you know, the story, so to speak, is that he was up all night yes. with a patient, maybe a, delivering a baby, yes. I don't know, and he came in and he um, eats and he's hungry. And let's talk about the Parsha here. Yes. And, and we're... Hunger. Yes. Hunger it, is real. It, and the temptation, mm -hmm. the knowing that you're taking something that isn't yours yet. Yes. And, and taking it and this idea of wanting that fruit. And so let's talk about Adam and Eve for a minute. Okay. Let's talk about that tree. Yes. You know, Adam and Eve, they had one commandment. One, you had one job. One job, team. One job. Don't eat of this one tree. You have so many others. How do you, not to put you on the spot. No. But how do you understand the Chava the Eve eating of the tree and giving it to Adam. How do I understand it? The minute you make something forbidden, it becomes 10 times as enticing. And we are terrible. Like the human, the human impulse to control impulses is terrible. Like it's just, it is what it is. And especially I think when it comes to hunger, which is like mm -hmm. one of the most basic, we are born hungry. Like hunger is one of the first experiences that we have and the first experiences that we remember. And so there's Chava, hungry. And then what is more beautiful 
and enticing than this one fruit. And and it's so much more than than eating no. out of hunger. No. This is the hunger for Other, knowledge. Yes, this is also like so we've got that like that's like the that's like the bottom of the pyramid, right? Like we have hunger and hunger is real. And then there's that one level up. They like that that fruit stands for an understanding that the Chava doesn't have yet. Okay, and so there's there we go. Yes. And so an appetite. It's an appetite. It's wanting to know and it's to seek after when we look it up. And yes. you know, this tree was the Eitz Chaim, the Eitz Chaim Tov. Wait a minute, let's get it straight. Hold on. Eitz Kitov Ha'Eitz is what Rashi calls it. Right. This is, you know, this is the quintessential tree. Now there were, it gets a little confusing because there is a tree of life, Eitz Chaim, and then there's Eitz Dat Tovara, the knowledge of good and evil, and. The idea is that when you are going to eat this tree, you your eyes are going to be opened. Mm-hmm. And so there we get to what we've talked to before about this idea of eating and learning being very similar. I digest that thought. I mm-hmm. ruminate. I'm hunger, hungry for knowledge. And, and here we have, this is the moment, of course, the, yes. the tree and the eating of the fruit is, this is where that conversation begins. And... You know, the feminist reading of this passage is that women actually brought knowledge to the world. Mm-hmm. Women actually were the ones that said, hey, let us let us eat of this fruit of knowledge. And then she shares it with him. And she shares it with him so generously. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then he blames her. And yeah, that's... Always the blaming. That doesn't feel good to me. That never feels good. No. And when we bring it back to this, to the plums... Forgive me, they were so delicious, so sweet, so cold. Forgive me. I ate the thing. I learned the thing. Oh, no. Forgive me. Forgive me. And I always wonder, plums for breakfast? Cold plums for breakfast doesn't sound like a great... uh... Although, unless it's so, so hot. I was going to say, but wait a minute. Think back. We're talking about summer. We're talking about standing in front of the icebox, and there is... I'm also, like, thinking of it through the lens of this incredibly cold and rainy day we're currently having after the hottest summer on record ever in my life. Yeah. So, let's just frame it like that for a minute. No, cold plums, to me, at this moment, doesn't sound so enticing. Cold plums back in August when it was 108 degrees? Hmm. That's a different way to think about cold plums. Yeah. And, you know, what is it that Adam and Eve, their eyes were opened? Yes. And so the question is asked so often, you know, what does that mean their eyes were open? And the response that I can't remember if I thought of or other people thought of that I like so much is that it opened their eyes to their self agency to their agency they now saw how powerful they were you know it's one thing to be told by god not to do something it's another Mm -hmm. thing to actually do it and survive to tell the tale they were not killed in fact um and they were exiled and i think we've all gotten to the point in our lives when we realized that it not that this was a setup Mm -hmm. but it was it was going to be this way yeah there's i don't think there's another narrative where she didn't eat the fruit. I think I think that this path was particularly clear. I think from the minute we taught with the, the the tree appears in the story 
the, that they're the going to be eating. Yes. And and the, you know, after they eat the tree, they realize oh, that they oh, are naked. Yes, inasmuch as Eve has not been sworn to observe the commandment not to eat from the tree, right. she was not really obligated to do so. Right. Let's remember, if you are Eve's defense attorney, you're probably going to win this. Yes. Because we have no proof from the text that she knew that she was not supposed to eat it. No. Uh, it though it did look enticing to her. Yes. Um, Forgive me, but uh, it's so delicious. And I think there's a moment when, after any of us have consumed something that perhaps we shouldn't have, mm-hmm. that we then struggle with. On one hand, wow, I'm so powerful. Yes. I can do whatever I want. And then the guilt of great. I hope you're happy now you have heartburn. (laughs) Which is the way it usually goes down for me. (laughs) Yes, that feels relatable. Yes, you're not going to tell me I can't eat this third cookie. Oh, but... Oh, wait a minute. minute. That may have been a mistake. (laughs) Correct. And that's, I think, what is so human about our Adam and Eve. They do exactly what each one of us would do, what William Carlos Williams will do. We are not good at not responding to our appetite. No, no, we're <laughs> terrible at it. We are terrible. Um, yeah, and I think I think we've got some language here that... Hold on, I underlined something. Listeners, you should know that I was provided a robust like list of sources courtesy of the brilliant Rivi Poclo-Platonic. Thank you. That... <laughs> When, when we decided, when we sort of thought through what we were going to talk about, and I have some, I have some things underlined here, and one of them is from Tosavot Yom Tov on Pirkei Avot. Um, and so we've got this whole thing about desire and desirable things and desirable utensils, and then so we've got this sort of clarity in the language. The point is made clear in the voice, in the verse, that the tree is good for eating and desirable for understanding. Whereas where good is said of the physical, of eating, while desirable is said of understanding. And so I think on that pyramid, right, where we've got first the physical hunger, and hunger is so powerful, then we've got the next thing, which is the yearning to know. And that is just as powerful here as that deep physical need. And I think I think what we have set up, and I think what Williams has set up for us is that when we eat, whether that's a food or whether that's new knowledge, that it comes, the, con- the consumption comes with a greater understanding. We've got this person standing in front of the icebox. We open it, we see the plums. They open it, they eat the plum, and then wait a minute. Forgive me. They were delicious, so sweet and so cold. We've eaten the thing. We've satisfied the physical need. But with it came, one, a need that we did not, maybe did not fully understand, the need to understand. I I feel like we don't always understand our need to understand. Let me just say that. That's part of the human condition. And then William says, right, there's that moment and which you were probably saving for breakfast. This is after the fact. Forgive me. They were so they were delicious, so sweet and so cold. So we've got this sense, the need, then the like the fruit, which is so enticing and beautiful, 
sitting there in the icebox. And then, wait a minute, you were probably saving these for breakfast. Please forgive me. What I love about it is we've got the same points. Uh, man and wife. Yes. Man, wife, fruit. Yes. Um, but it's an interesting reverse because here it's the wife who has put them in the freezer refrigerator for later. Yes. For breakfast. He's the one that takes it. It's, and, and I know William Carlos Williams knows the story of Adam and Eve. Of course. And he has turned it upside down. Yes. And he, he's now asking the his woman for forgiveness. Was, I believe his father was Jewish and his mother was Puerto Rican. So oh. We've got, we've got two strong, like, biblical narratives happening there. And he knows yes. when he says, forgive me, he has turned the Adam and Eve story, story kind of inside out. Yes. He has now taken the fruit that she has set aside. And oh my goodness, we didn't turn off our sound. Hold on, I'll call you right back. Um, and But this is making our podcast very real. Yes. Um, you know, Please. last year, did you see that one of the sources I gave you um, yes, yes, was yes. from an article that appeared in the New York Times October 17, 2020, and that was the beginning, of course, uh, you know, a year at the start of a pandemic, yes, so yeah. to speak. And he writes here, and so my friends and I fish too long when we should be picking the last frost-sweetened plums there's something about fruit and the plums you know that for that forbidden fruit and i think that's what's also very resonant at this time of year mm -hmm. as we just finished sukkot it's the ingathering festival we've brought in all of the produce and it is also very tempting and what's been hitting me um and I know you also do the page of Talmud a day, the Daf Yomi, is to what degree so many things are centered around food and so many laws around yes. food. Yes. Don't eat this food, give this tithe to the priest, give this tithe to the poor, give this. And we have a very intricate system of what we can eat and what we can't eat. And that almost starts right out at the gate in Bereshit. Yes. That is what I was also thinking of is that we so much of what we eat is framed as yes and no. And I feel like Chava really kind of turns that on its head because she's told no. And she eats and her eyes are and opened. Yes. And so I think as we are coming out of Sukkot, fatigued perhaps, a little a little maybe a little maybe fed up of the cooking and the eating, I think we should take Chava's opened eyes and go into this Shabbat like with this sort of fresh knowledge of a fresh year and with it fresh fruit. And I'm going to add forgive me. Forgive me. For they were delicious because we have gone through a period of forgiveness. Yes. And in fact it's beautiful that we read this Parsha and we learn that you know human beings mess up and they're sent out of Eden and all we can say is, forgive me, they forgive were delicious. Me. We're only so human. So sweet and so cold. Ah, it's true. So sweet and so cold. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.